Welcome to the Gingsberg Podcast. After today's message, take a sec and download the Gingsberg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Gingsberg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step with your journey with Jesus. Well, good morning, Gingsberg Church, and happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mothers worshiping with us this morning. Now, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Marcy, and I serve here as the director of adult ministries. I am also mother to Nico, Eric, and my bonus son Demarco, and grandma to Demarco's one-year-old daughter Amelia. Now, I'm super honored to be able to be before you all today on this Mother's Day weekend. I felt led to share with you all the journey that God is taking me on right now because I believe that it's relevant not just for the mothers here today, but to, for most of us in this day and age. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this opportunity, and I thank you for the journey that you have been taking me on. I just ask that you would prepare the hearts and the minds of everyone who is listening today. Lord, I ask that the journey that you are taking me on will be helpful and beneficial to at least one other person today, so that they can learn to focus more on what you have called them to do. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So I am not the type of person that does the whole New Year's resolution deal. However, this past holiday season, I felt inspired to make one, and a rather big one at that. You see, there were some things that I believe God was calling me to focus on, but I was unable to because there were just too many distractions. I'm a single mother who works full time in ministry. Now, if that isn't enough to keep me busy, I also participated on three boards. I was part of my neighborhood association. I also was part of several different community ministry and leadership groups. I also want to support. All of my friends' different endeavors and passions, and the list just went on. Now, all of this while trying to remain close to God, keep a clean house, and stay physically and emotionally healthy. I felt like every slot in my calendar was filled, and it brought so much stress and anxiety. Now, can anyone relate to that here this morning? Yeah, kind of makes you want to disappear, right? So I decided that I need to get away for a bit, and so I took my kids and we went on vacation from Christmas and New Year's. Now this is different for me because I have a really close knit family and we always spend the holidays together. So for the first time, me and my kids actually got away from my larger family for the holidays. But I needed this because being away from the clutter in my life made it easier for me to relax and spend uninterrupted quality time with my kids, and gave me the space to hear more clearly for God, so I can begin to dream and plan for my future. Now, I probably was able to get more accomplished in this one week than I probably have a quarter, if I'm honest with myself. I was also able to get quite a bit of work done. Now, one thing that was also helpful was that the condo where we stayed had everything that we needed, but just enough of what we needed, nothing more. This made for quick and easy cleaning, which gave us more time to do the things that we enjoyed. None of us missed any of the extra items that we had back home. We had a great time. Life was perfect for a week. 
Then New Year's came, which meant going back to my full calendar and a house full of items that we've accumulated over the past 14 years. Now, this was a reality check for me. I realized I shouldn't have to get away to experience uninterrupted quality time with my loved ones and to be able to clearly hear and receive direction from God. So I decided that immediately I wanted to create and cultivate this type of environment in my day-to-day life. So I decided to make a resolution, and my resolution was to declutter my life. Now, what do I mean by declutter my life? I mean getting rid of anything that is getting in the way of me experiencing life to the fullest. Anything that is getting in the way of quality time with my family and God, that is keeping me from fulfilling my purpose, and that I'm doing out of mere obligation. Now, anyone who has done any type of decluttering work realizes that this is not an easy task. It means letting go of items that you've held onto for years, maybe even items that have sentimental value, right? Maybe it means even potentially letting go of positions or titles that gave you status or a sense of importance. Now, we see an example of that here in the Bible in Matthew chapter 19, when a rich person comes to Jesus and asks him a question. Let's take a look at chapter 19, starting at the 16th verse. Someone came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replies. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Well, which one, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your mother and father, and love your neighbors as yourself. Well, I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Then Jesus told him, well, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when this young man heard this, he went away sad because he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, It is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't sound hard to me. That sounds impossible. But let's look at it from a different lens. Now, during this time in history, camels were typically used as transport animals to transport goods for trade. Now, this is up for debate. But some theologians believe that the eye of the needle that Jesus was referring to is not the same as the eye of the sewing needle that most of us are used to today, but instead was a narrow gateway in Jerusalem. So in order for the camel to make it through the eye of the needle, the traveler would have to unload the camel of all the cargo so that it could fit through this narrow gateway. Now, this was not an easy task. And so if this is the case, then it, would be impossible, it wouldn't be impossible for the camel to make it through the eye of the needle, but it would mean unloading the camel of all the cargo that was getting in the way of it making it through to its other destination, other side of the destination, which was the gateway. 
Just like it wouldn't have been impossible for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God and to follow Jesus, but it meant, it was difficult because it meant letting go of all the extra cargo that was getting in the way from him trusting and depending on God. Now, these are items that he probably relied on, items that may have had sentimental value, items that gave him status and pride. Now, I want you to put yourself in this person's shoes. Jesus was suggesting that he sell everything and give it all away. How would you feel if that suggestion was given to you today? Now, if you don't have much, it's probably not a big deal. But if you have a lot, that's overwhelming, right? Kyle Eidemann in his book, Not a Fan, says this about this person. The problem wasn't that he had money. The problem was the money had him. Hmm, Think about that. So the problem may not be the money, the cars, the other material items. The problem is that it has us. It's our dependence on these things, the value we place on these things, the status that it gives us. So how do our lives get so cluttered with all of these things in the first place? So I realize in my life, part of it is a lack of boundaries. You see, I'm very passionate about my community. And as people learn this, they begin to ask me to serve and to lead in this particular area. Now, initially I was excited and it was my pleasure But soon it became overwhelming as I began to fill my calendar with all of these activities, piling it up, making me feel completely stressed out and drained and like under attack. Now, part of the issue was I didn't have boundaries and I didn't know how to say no because deep down inside, I'm a people pleaser And I hate saying no because I don't want to disappoint anybody, which leaves me emotionally drained, stressed out, and burnt out. Now, this is nobody's fault but my own. However, once I realized this, I had to make the decision to be intentional about identifying what my priorities are so that I can focus on those and say no to anything that will distract me from what I determine is important for me and my family in this season. That also meant doing the hard work of being transparent with people and organizations that I make commitments to, letting them know that I made a commitment that I don't have the capacity for. Now, for those of you who also struggle in this area, if we don't identify and focus on our priorities, we will easily get caught up in the trap of saying yes to every good opportunity that comes our way. There's a quote that I heard by Jim Collins that says, good is the enemy to great. Good is the enemy of great. So as leaders, whether you are a mother, a community leader, a business professional, or all of the above, we have to learn to say no to some of these good things so that we can say yes to the great things. Cluttering our schedule with all these good things is keeping us from being great at what it is that God has called us to do and what matters in our life. Having healthy boundaries in place is an act of self-love and self-respect 
And what you'll realize is that when you have healthy boundaries in place, others will respect you as well. Now, another issue that I'm working through is being overly self-reliant. Now, while I'm super quick to help out a friend when they ask, it's hard for me to ask for help when I need it. Now, there's a couple issues here. The first is my fear of something not getting done right, which is the case in my household when it comes to cleaning and organizing. So rather than taking the time to walk my children through the process of how I want something clean and organized, I determined that it's easier and quicker if I just do it myself, thus adding to my list of things to do, while simultaneously robbing my children of the opportunity to learn the process of how to do something appropriately. Or maybe it's that I'm a control freak and that I feel like my way is the best way to do something, not realizing that maybe my process of loading the dishwasher isn't the only proper process. And so maybe I should like control, release control there. However, another root issue with the self-reliance is pride. I was too proud to ask for help. I, didn't, I wanted everyone to think that I had it all together. When in reality, I was drowning under all of the clutter in my life. This is a shame because I have such an amazing group of friends in my circle who would be there for me at the drop of a hat if I needed help. Now, we're not meant to walk through this life as lone rangers. We need one another and we need God. Not asking for help as unnecessary stress to our lives and robs our friend of the opportunities to be able to pour back into us. God also wants us to depend on him. Jesus says not to worry about all these extra things, but that when we prioritize time with God, seeking the kingdom of God, he will make sure that all this other stuff gets taken care of. Now, while these are the things that I identified in my life that I need to work through, I realized that there are other things that people are struggling with that adds clutter to them, their lives as well. One of them is the comparison trap. So how many of you are familiar with the comparison trap? A few of you. Now, for the rest of you who are not familiar with the comparison trap, in psychology, the comparison trap is a habit of measuring your life against someone else's. And this is fueled by the feeling of discontentment or longing to have something that someone else has. Now, this leads to stress, anxiety, and cluttering our lives with things that ultimately don't fulfill us while distracting us from the things that actually do. Now, our society today is set up in a way that makes it so hard for us not to fall into the comparison trap. So most of us, when we wake up in the morning, pick up our phones, and what do we do? We're scrolling through social media, Facebook or Instagram. Am I lying? Right? Only to see the highlight reels of somebody else's life. For instance, some years ago, my family and I, we took a photo shoot for my parents' anniversary. Now, because my family is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, this was probably the longest photo shoot in history. However, my friends on Facebook only got to see the highlight reels of this photo shoot. Check us out. 
Now see, this is the perception that I would want you to see in my family. Well-behaved, nicely dressed, not annoying one another, right? One big, perfect, happy family. However, this is our reality. <laughs> my brothers can never take anything seriously. My sisters and I are annoyed and my kids are over it. <laughs> oh my God. Now, this is not typically the side that we post on our social media high ride reels, right? We want everybody to think that we have this perfect life. So here is an example of a potential comparison trap. My sister posted this picture on Facebook. Look at my niece, uh, my niece Olivia. Look at how cute she is. With her glasses, she has her sunglasses, a necklace to match her outfit. She got a new pair of J's on. She probably has a pair of shoes to match every outfit. So this is before school. She's bright-eyed, bushy-tail. Now, in this next picture, I'm just trying to get my kid out the house awake <laughs> with his plain white shirt on in the right direction. Now, if you, as you see here, he was not a morning person, and to this day is still not a morning person. Now, during this time, I was so grateful that my kids went to a school that wore uniforms because they were able to cycle through the same few shirts and pair of pants each week because that's all I really could afford. Now, the comparison trap would have me looking at my niece, and rather than saying, look at how flashy she is and appreciating that, and appreciating the fact that my kids had clean clothes and shoes to wear to school each day, it would have me resenting that and being like, man, I need to buy my kids better accessories and shoes so I have the appearance of being a good mother. Now, here's another potential comparison trap. Say your friend and their spouse just bought their new dream home. The comparison trap could have you resenting the fact that you still live in your same small starter home that you raised your now-grown kids in, which is paid off or almost paid off. Putting the pressure on you and your spouse to try to find a newer, bigger house, which could potentially mean a newer, bigger mortgage, which could snowball into needing a newer, bigger source of income, which could cost you precious time with your spouse. Another potential comparison trap is, say you put on a few extra pounds after marriage, having kids, or life just lifing. The comparison trap could have you looking at a beautiful Instagram model as the benchmark and causing you to overtrain or cut your calories too low or potentially even looking for a passive surgeon so that you can look like someone who may have been photoshopped. Now, my friend Teresa posted this meme on Facebook the other day that perfectly encapsulated 21st century mother. <laughs> Me trying to go to work, go to the gym, stay hydrated, not be broke, maintain a social life, and get eight hours of sleep every night. <laughs> who, I, who can relate, all of us? Y'all, these are unrealistic expectations that we put on ourselves, on our already busy lives. Let it go. In Galatians 6.4, Paul writes, pay careful attention to do your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. God gave 
each of us a purpose and plan for our own lives. It's going to be hard for us to fulfill that purpose and plan if we're too busy trying to fill our neighbors, fulfill our neighbor's purpose and plan as well. So I want to give you four steps that I am using to declutter my life so that I can focus on what is most important for me. And I hope that you will use these steps so that you can focus on what's important for you in this season. Step one, based on what is important to you, enforce and set clear boundaries. Hebrews 12:1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Not only is it okay, but it is important for you to say no to things that can slow you down, trip you up, and prevent you from focusing on what you and your family determine is important for you in this season of your life. Now, if you need help setting healthy boundaries, this fall, the discipleship team will be offering a boundaries class. So be on the lookout for information on that soon. Step two, know when to ask for help. You can't do it all by yourself, and no one expects you to. Delegate responsibilities in your house and delegate responsibilities in your workplace. Now, while being respectful of others' boundaries, Solicit help from your family and friends for bigger projects. Step three, surrender comparisons and unrealistic expectations to God. Let's stop trying to be like everyone else. In Romans 12:2, Paul tells us, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Step four, let's embrace simplicity and solitude. Our days are filled to the brim with work, home life, church life, uh, relationships, and taking care of our families well. But when we are intentional about setting aside time to be with Jesus, we will find rest for our souls and direction for our lives. Now, I do understand that we go through different seasons in our life, and I need you to understand that too. This season might be a season of no for you, where you decide to say no to some activities and opportunities so that you can say yes to your family. Or maybe you have teenagers or you're empty nesters. You might decide that in this season, you can say yes to some of those opportunities because your children aren't as reliant on you. You make the rules for your life, but seek God for direction and keep it simple. Now, since it is Mother's Day, I wanted to give all the mothers a special gift this morning. I had the pleasure of sitting down with a mentor of mine, Kitty Kincaid, who attends our Fort McKinley campus, and she is the former director of our New Creation Counseling Center, and just such an amazing mother in person. So I asked her to share with you all some motherly wisdom concerning expectations and balancing life as a mother. Here is my gift to you. Well, hello, Kitty. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you, Marcy? I am wonderful. I'm so excited. Before we start, I just want to ask you a fun question. What is your favorite story as a mother? Oh, wow. Yeah, well, there's a lot of them. You know, but when I really think about my 
favorite stories. It's kind of those stories that you chose to laugh instead of cry. Those kind of stories, you know? Like I think about when the, the kids were all little, I decided, you know, to take them all out to eat. Uh, Mark was gone. I decided to take them to Wendy's. And so, you know, just getting kids in car seats and out of car seats and then just getting everybody's order and getting to the table without spilling anything is an accomplishment in itself. So I had everybody settle, baby in the high chair, the whole bit. And then the four-year-old has to go to the bathroom, of course. So you know, too little to just keep the table. So I take them all into the bathroom at Wendy's, come back out. And evidently the Wendy's people thought we left. So they had thrown away all of our food. <laughs> so like, okay, we can either cry or raise a fit or we could just stand here and, and laugh. Oh my, well, look, I'm glad you laughed through it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> What were your expectations going into motherhood versus your reality of being a mother? You know, I think that I certainly I wanted children and I, I knew that I would love my children. But, you know, when you have your child, it's amazing the deep love you have for your kids. You know, it's like you, you never have experienced anything like that before. And even after you have your first child, as I thought about having my second child, it's like, can I possibly love another child like this? I worried about that. And then guess what? You have another one and, and, and it's there, you know. I remember crying like to my mom, like, I don't think I can love this one as much as I love Nick because I just love Nick so much. And I don't think there's enough love to me. <laughs> but then you have your baby and it's like all of a sudden this, this love appears from somewhere else. <laughs> I can't imagine life without him. So what advice would you give to mothers trying to balance being a good wife, being a good mom, excelling in the workplace, trying to uh, keep a healthy balance of uh, eating diet, working out, uh, maybe doing some activities, trying to be a good friend. How do you balance all of that? What is your advice? I just was talking to my youngest daughter about this, and she was listening to a speaker who said there's no such thing as balance. It's just telling yourself at the end of each day that you gave enough. You gave enough. And, you know, your kids are watching you. I think that's one thing I, I learned early on. Your kids need to see you going out with your good friends or your or your spouse if you're married. Your kids need to see you having joy with other people and having relationships in your life. Your kids need to see you cry out to God in distress and in joy. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, Kitty. That, I needed that encouragement. And I'm sure there's other parents who out there who need to hear that, need to have that permission. What advice would you give to yourself as a young mom? Oh, wow. The biggest advice I'd give is just relax. Relax. You know, you're probably doing better than you think you are. Keep it simple. You know, when, you, when you're feeling guilty because you didn't fill out your third child's baby book and they're 10 years old now, just sit down and fill it out. Who cares if you didn't remember the date? You know, sure, I was there for their first tooth and their first walk, so just make up the date and it doesn't make a difference anyways, does it? Oh, this is so good. Teddy, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And this has been truly a gift to me and I'm sure truly a gift to everyone who is watching this today. Isn't she great? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I want to challenge you all in this season to join me as we learn to hear from God and gain guidance on his purpose and the plan for our lives and to focus on what is most important for each one of us in this season. So this summer, the discipleship team will be entering into what we are calling a summer of simplicity, starting June 1st and going through June 30th. Now, during this time, we are being intentional about cutting out the clutter from our lives 
practicing silence and solitude, and uh, practicing time with God, like actually in spending intentional time with God. And another big one is embracing quality time with our loved ones. Now, if you would like more information about how you can join me on this journey, I would like to invite you to text SIMPLE to 937-358-6710. Y'all, let's release all of the clutter in our lives so that we can experience life to the fullest with our families. Let's pray. God, I just thank you. I thank you for giving us purpose. I thank you for blessing us with family, with loved ones. And Lord, I thank you for you. I just thank you for being you. God, I just ask that we would just begin to release unrealistic expectation, that we would release pride, that we would release selfish ambition, that we would focus on you, and that we would seek you for your will for our lives. Lord, that we would rest in you knowing that we are enough in you. Lord, I just ask that when these people go out of here today, they wouldn't just go home and life continue the crazy rat race as usual, but that they would just rest and take out the clutter. God, we just praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you would like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Gingosburg app or online at gingosburg.org.